0: Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian, as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery.
1: We have the back injury in Mm -hmm. common, so that's something, but... Uh, well, so I can that, rip that's down. That's something they'll be
0: ongoingly have to deal with, right? Yeah, so, it
1: never ends, man. Even yeah. like as I'm sitting here right now, I'm like thinking about it some. Yeah. Are you
0: okay this. though? Oh, year? yeah, no, I'm okay. good. I'm good. Yeah. If you need to shift or anything, just let me know. We can always pause it if we got to stand up. Yeah.
1: I've actually had sort of like a miraculous, not miraculous, that's too strong. Uh, I've had a significant recovery since the last mm-hmm. time even we spoke. Really? last two or three months, for whatever reason, Sweet. I've just had like a positive uh, kick. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm almost like, you know, 80% there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I I, if I rolled down the stairs, I'd probably be back to square one. Well, I
0: mean, that's the thing, Matt, about the recovery, mm-hmm. right? If you step off the curb, I've done that where I've missed the curb right. and the jolt is just unbearable almost like almost to the ground, eh? Like mm-hmm. some days. Yeah.
1: And then yeah. are you like disc creations and stuff and all that jazz? Or? I have no discs left. No discs left. I have none.
0: I have a, I have a multi-level fusion in my lowest spine oh, from wow. the L4, L3, L whatever it is, L3 into my um l5s1
1: or whatever yeah S1. that's crazy and so you've got like like metal in there hey like the actual like uh have got like, rods on yeah. the
0: vertebrae because there's no discs and then i have a cage around the a cage yeah What's they'll the try thing? to hold it to hold the vertebrae steady so crazy. that they can fuse yeah
1: yeah yeah well because then,
0: there's no discs right so they have to put something in there
1: right yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on the verge of uh of getting roughly the same thing for oh, l5s1 the, the bottom yeah. one yep we're pelvis to first vertebrae mm-hmm. i guess uh, so that that that's my next step, and I don't want to do that because like no. I know it's just like it it, it the data on it is terrible. Like you just oh, like it, the, it's not in your favor. I, I gotta
0: tell you, that's the worst level of all my fusions. Really, that's the one that that I've had to have three surgeries because of.
1: Really, hey? yeah, crazy. And, and
0: so now, I mean, we just assumed it was going to be that one. Yeah. So now we've got to do obviously different different pictures of different parts because that apparently the surgical area that I've been worked on is fine. Uh-huh. everything's fused everything and which is yeah. weird because uh the l5 to the s1 yeah it wasn't fusing for the longest time
1: right, right?
0: because uh-huh. it did because because of all the difficulties
1: right well With all the, the all your weight pivots on that joint too yeah. like uh yeah everything It's yeah. crazy crazy man yeah. i feel for you i, I feel the pain yeah oh,
0: i feel for you my friend yeah. i hope it doesn't get any worse is my hope
1: well likewise we're in the same boat and yeah. like the the interesting thing too is like uh because i'm deep into the literature on this one very narrow. like i know nothing about anything but uh, like l5s1 i can talk to you a little bit you know and uh it it just seems like the way nutrient flow goes into that disc like it's like it's a problem that never ends Mm -hmm. all your weight pivots into that joint and every movement you do whether you're like laying sitting going Mm -hmm. to the bathroom or whatever uh and it's like the minimum heal time for a disc is like two years (gasps) minimum three years is average and that's like and then and then even then it's Mm -hmm. debatable so i'm at like the two and a half year mark right now yeah between two and two and a half and just since the two-year mark have i started to have any improvement at all really from the baseline Uh, which correlates with sort of what i'm doing but yeah the struggle is real yeah Come
0: well, on. we just kind of got rolling, but uh, I want to welcome, I'll take a second here because we've been recording just for the last couple minutes here. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, uh, Fraser, welcome, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, tell us about yourself, man. Uh, you tell us what you want us to know.
1: Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm humbled to be here. Oh, uh, like I just mentioned before, I listen to a few your podcasts and I think mm-hmm. your content is great and oh, really you. useful for everyone listening, so thank you for that Mm -hmm. um i guess for me uh i'm from bc i'm vancouver born originally right uh moved to calgary about three years ago Uh, i'm a police officer with the city police here Mm -hmm. uh before that uh i was rcmp guy way up in northern saskatchewan on a couple flying reserves oh dude wild time um,
0: Just because but, it's so remote, right? You have to fly super in. Super remote,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was way up in a place called uh, La Ronge, just about a four hour drive from Saskatoon. Okay. Uh, and that's sort of where the road ends, where the paved road yeah. ends kind of. Uh, so good good policing experience, uh, worked like a dog. And then uh, after about a year and a half there, I went up to a place called Black Lake mm. uh, or Stony Rapids, which mm-hmm. is uh, right at the top of the province of Saskatchewan, about 80 kilometers north of the border there, or south yeah. of uh, Northwest Territories. Yeah. Uh, and that was a fly in reserve only. So yeah. if you had to fly food in, uh, fly yourself up uh there was one road but it wasn't yeah. passable all the time uh so it's sort of like camping for mm-hmm. an extended period of time uh but that was a good formative experience i suppose yeah. uh and then lateral over to carry place uh, Worked on the road for a bit. Uh, now I find myself in sort of a quasi intelligence role mm-hmm. where I'm working with uh, information in the pre criminal space, yep. trying to collate it and send it wherever it needs to go. Oh, okay. Uh, to different like specialized. So
0: pre criminal space. What does that mean?
1: Uh, so that would be like unusual or suspicious information. Okay. Uh, so if there was like you know a, a shooting or a crime has occurred, mm-hmm. then you would naturally call police. Yeah. Uh, but in there's also a sphere of information where you call to police maybe not be required mm-hmm. or you don't think it's necessary. Yeah. So essentially, I work on an initiative to try to meet with community partners. uh, And that can go anywhere from like big public institutions, like, let's say, City Hall, Mm -hmm. all the way down to like private institutions, like gun shops, uh, a wide spectrum, and then collect information. Uh, from them if they want to volunteer it mm-hmm. uh, that they think is suspicious and that can be anything yeah. from organized crime to sex trafficking to public threats uh, like counterterrorism mm-hmm. things like that so it covers the whole range
0: okay here. so you go into these places and you ask them about what their problems are like in the area uh, or?
1: yeah yeah so we're, yeah. We're, we just essentially uh to the simplified version of it is we've just got an email with dedicated oh. police and analysts on yep. the back end of it essentially okay. uh so we sort of target certain partners that we think would be useful mm-hmm. um and we go to them we say hey if you ever have anything that's odd or unusual feel free to send it our way uh and you wouldn't think that would be that effective necessarily but people uh, have a and i get it from my end too, uh, like personally, people have like an apprehension to call the police if yep. they, they don't want to waste their time. There's a huge stress component to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had to call the police like a couple months ago because there was a, an event happening sort of in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. and even I thought, oh, I don't want to call. Oh my gosh, what does this mean? Yeah. Um, so there's sort of like a psychological barrier. So mm-hmm. essentially, uh, we're not trying to re, uh, redo the nine one one system or the mm-hmm. non emergency line. If those events, if you need to call the police, you still call the police. Yeah. Uh, but if you have something where you're like, oh man, I feel like yeah. this information could be useful in some capacity. Yep uh it's been uh we essentially you send an email mm-hmm. and we confirm it and go through our process
0: that makes so much more sense man because mm-hmm. people are much more likely to text email than call yeah just absolutely. in general let alone something stressful
1: yeah absolutely and yeah. and it's not an email for everyone the general public yeah. in general uh, we partner with very specific like security mm-hmm. managers people who are in the law enforcement realm um so we're looking for quantity over yeah. or qu- quality over quantity i suppose mm-hmm. uh but it's been amazingly successful like in a sort of like on a month-to-month basis, mm-hmm. we're either solving big crime or we're actually uh, contributing to like the national security realm, yeah. CSIS, RCMP, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's been really successful, yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, fake it till you make it, I guess. Yeah, well, it sounds,
0: it sounds cool. interesting. And I do you think that it'll move towards a system that has the general population doing that at some point? Just sending emails in when it's like not even 2661234 worthy? Mm. It's kind of like a little… You know what or I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, well, there's a, it's an interesting topic, uh, and I'm actually doing a little school on this, a little yeah. research stuff. So oh, I, I've, I've enrolled in a PhD programs specifically yeah. to answer like, that question. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of Western European police forces yeah. have already got this. They, that's, they've oh, already okay. sort of got an established system. So if you're in the UK, yeah. there's uh, like many systems for reporting, let's say, like counterterrorism things, things yeah. like that, uh, but, but a crime in general. Mm-hmm. Um, in North America, though, we have sort of skipped that step. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, or we've, I say, we should, uh, we, we've gone to a scenario where where we're not really collecting a lot of information mm-hmm. on the suspicious or unusual yeah. uh, realm, I suppose. So uh, like New York police, for example, mm-hmm. has like a, if you see it, see, see something, say something like sort of a routine yeah. where they go throughout the whole city and pitch that. And that's like everyone, they want everyone's information. And so they got um, like
0: emails and stuff. you can Yeah. Send to yeah.
1: And, yeah. So yeah. like that would be something like why, if they're doing it, why aren't we doing it? Things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but so far in the Canadian context, Uh, Not a lot of police forces have a system Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, We still get lots of unusual or suspicious information from our officers as they just drive around, uh, and that's great, Uh, but we don't really get a lot from the community when Mm -hmm. it's just sort of unusual stuff. And, like, for context, like, in our system about 40% of the information that we get like through this email essentially yeah. uh, is actually action like someone takes it and uses it we have yeah. sort of like a scoring metric oh, that's uh, a and, percentage. And, and, yeah and we thought it'd be like one in a thousand right yeah. we're looking for like that one diamond in the rough uh, but people are really switched on and like mm-hmm. if you're a security guard uh, working downtown you're, you're like the master of that realm within mm-hmm. that building so yeah. if I'm a police officer just walking through I don't know what's unusual because I'm only there maybe once every six months yeah. but if you're like a professional working at space you can 100% point someone out and say that mm-hmm. activity is unusual uh, and so we've gotten really wicked tips that have spurred big investigations from mm-hmm. everything from you know like child sex trafficking mm-hmm. all the way to counterterrorism to uh organized crime drugs things like that yeah and it's just a good vehicle for the community because they get some sort of yeah. a two-way feedback and they like that yeah
0: so that you mentioned new york so is that kind of a an extension of or can or maybe a correlated to what they did years ago when they said we're going to like punish the, even the smallest crimes because if you like follow- no no call too small, yeah, that's yeah.
1: Um to an extent. The that specific program that I'm referring to is mm-hmm. specifically in the counterterrorism realm, oh, which see, is originally okay. where we were thinking. Yeah. Uh, we were thinking of a project that sort of mimic that. Mm-hmm. Uh but what we found as we've developed it is that it actually goes into multiple mm-hmm. spheres, yeah. uh, which is really interesting. Um and the stuff, we don't know what we're going to expect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you partner with a gun store, let's say, yep. uh, I, have an, I have an image in my mind what the information we'll be receiving from them, if mm-hmm. they want to. It's all volunteer. Yep. Yep. Uh, but then we'll get stuff that's unusual. So mm-hmm. uh, a person came into the store and is feeling suicidal, or I perceive them as such, mm-hmm. and uh, they bought a gun with like, you know, five rounds. Like, and no police call before, but yeah. now they're forwarding it to us and we're able to action it. Yeah. Um, so there's an education piece too. Hey, if you wow. see that, you know, maybe that's a call to 911, oh right? Oh my God, um, but Yeah, but but I totally get it. Like, yeah, uh, it's it. awkward to call the police. It makes sense. Of no course. So, um, our program is two-way street too. So when mm-hmm. we like make a formal connection with a partner, like mm-hmm. uh, if they send something to us, it's not a black hole. We'll call them back and be like, hey, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. Someone will actually be yeah. on the other side of the line. Uh, and that's been super useful as well. And oh, yeah. and, and people are excited because everyone's on the same team, right? We're looking yeah. for public safety. So, um, and it feels like you've got a voice because mm-hmm. if you do, it's... It is- fair to say that sometimes if you call uh, let's say you see something suspicious and you call the non-emergency line police officer takes a really long time to get there maybe mm-hmm. they don't even connect with you because the street is super busy yeah. uh and that's totally fine i you gotta yeah. triage that if i was on the street it'd be the exact yeah. same thing uh, i can see how you could feel like your information is lost in the weeds now of course yeah. we are collecting that and we're working with it mm-hmm. uh, but in this case it's just like a, a pipeline that's more um Efficient, I might well say.
0: anything built in with feedback is going to get people to call more mm-hmm. yeah. because they're going to be thinking they're valued,
1: right? Yeah, and yeah. it's funny too. Like a, a huge, just as a going off the rails here, but uh, the there's a huge amount of crime done by a very small amount of people. So mm-hmm. in the downtown core, for example, which is sort of the area I work in yeah. mostly. Uh, on any given day, there might be like, let's say like like car, like something in mind, like car theft, thefts and cars, mm-hmm. things like that, and like parkades. A uh, very small mm-hmm. amount of people do all of those crimes, yeah. right? So it's not like the, there's a huge whack of people doing that crime. Yeah. Uh, and so if, uh, and we partner mostly with security partners in the mm-hmm. downtown core, and it's crazy. You'll get, and on, a, and on a daily basis, you'll get, you know, Three or four independent partners, not talking to each other, sending yeah. pictures of someone who's like casing vehicles, as an example, like yeah. you know, sort of being yeah. sneaky and in, in sneaky mode, <laughs> walking through yeah. arcades, uh, and then we'll actually get a real file, and we'll be yeah. able to link multiple things to that yeah. person because of that video, right? So, uh, and that happens almost on like a, on a yeah. weekly basis for sure. Sometimes well, a daily basis for
0: sure, man. Yeah. Like, and and when you mentioned not wanting to call the police, even though I know I you I have a pretty good idea of what I need to call the police about when it happens, but. So just the other day, I pulled into the parking lot at my gym. And as I pulled in, there's this dude. He's obviously scoping cars, right? Mm-hmm. But for a minute, I'm like, well, maybe he's just going to pass through. So right. the mental thing starts going through, but I had to sit in my car because I was doing an email. Mm-hmm. So I kept looking up, and I'm like, no, he just broke into a car. So then I called the police. So right. had I... Not been afraid, or I didn't want to bother them. That's why, right? Totally makes sense. It was because yeah. I was like, well, I don't want to bother him for nothing. I'll wait till I know more. Right. By the time I knew more, he's already in a car. Right. Right. So I call, of course, and then by the time it gets through to two six six, because it wasn't like anyone that was in danger, I, and I didn't know he was going to take the. I don't know when to call nine one one. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea when yeah. should I call nine one one. I don't know when someone's going to get hurt, probably right. most likely when your, right? when your gut
1: tells you to it's, it's worth, it's worth yeah. It all, yeah.
0: And I, I mean, but it was interesting because by the time of course they were, the officers responded and they were there quick. Yeah. The guy was already gone and right. all he did right. was he took a pair of sunglasses and then dumped the guy's bag out, which is, don't get me wrong. That's something. Right. Nobody wants to lose their stuff, but that, that moment of hesitation, mm-hmm. eh?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, even, uh, uh, For example, one of the first things we ever got when we sort of opened the Mm -hmm. pathway for that uh, was someone uh who was a, a security manager person sent us an information with a guy mm. walking with two bikes who might not have owned two bikes is yep. that points <laughs> uh, and just said oh that's an unusual thing for this person to be walking with mm. two really expensive bikes yeah. uh after they had gone down the alley and come back yeah and so they just took a picture of that person because mm-hmm. ah, that's super weird and they just forwarded that to us and of course you know lo and behold if you scan if you go in our systems and scan that area there's mm-hmm. a, a theft of a parkade um like locked up uh storage unit yeah. i guess uh, and bikes were stolen so now we have a picture of that person and we can go solve that crime yeah. uh so it's, it's about connecting those pieces mm-hmm. uh and there's always room to improve yeah. with that for sure so for sure.
0: yeah cool man good. i like that it's a cool initiative mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah and and we we've had tons of success uh people uh no, no one hates that initiative everyone thinks yeah. it's great uh, it's all volunteered information we're not uh it, it's whatever the community wants to give us mm-hmm. right that's yeah. just essentially giving them a pathway to do it yeah uh, and again like i said we thought we wouldn't get that much of a response mm-hmm. but the information we get is like really fantastic and we turn that information into intel. we verify it and, yeah. and do a little investigation to confirm it as intelligence or wherever it needs to go mm-hmm. uh, and then we've had good success so it's been good yeah yeah cool. so i'm enjoying it yeah cool, it's, it's interesting it's, it's always a changing sort of mm-hmm. topic yeah, yeah
0: yeah i would imagine mm-hmm. so what else what else you up to man like so you and i we share some back issues mm-hmm. um and you're you're currently recovering from surgery uh how did all that come about like
1: yeah you know? so uh i've had a, a few issues with my my back uh i'm on my second back surgery mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's sort of why i'm on the the ride in the desk intelligence role right now yeah. I'm not at the moment able to work the street mm. or working like that sort of uh, chasing bad guys yeah. mode you know um, originally I had uh, in early let's say 2010 2011 uh, had some problems with my lower back mm. l5s ones so like yeah. where the you know the, the bottom vertebrae there uh, had a back surgery there full recovery mm-hmm. never thought anything of it uh, my background i've got an athletic background i played football in university mm-hmm. uh so i really identified myself as sort of an athlete yeah. bounced back within three months was back in the gym mm-hmm. no deficits essentially uh and good to go uh did three years up in the reserve with the RCMP, mm-hmm. uh and that was like you know bumpy i mean it sounds silly but like, like bumpy roads there's no paved yeah. roads up there yeah uh you know you're hitting your head off the side of the glass at least once a week so it's- <laughs> <laughs> if that paints a picture right yeah anywhere you uh,
0: fly into probably doesn't have paint.
1: that's right yeah yeah so uh, and then still working out hard um and then came to cps or calgary police service uh continued to work with them on the street for a while mm-hmm. and then uh, sort of in 2016 december-ish started to get uh late december started to get sort of like sciatica down my leg or in my foot uh, and it wasn't bad enough that I even noticed. It. I thought I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my foot's feeling funny. Like I gotta like you know roll that out or Feels something. Feels like it's
0: asleep or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Uh, and that over you know period of, sort of like two months, all of a sudden transition from nagging sort of feeling mm-hmm. to like pain. My uh, pain's bad. And yeah, and ba- and, and nerve pain is yeah. is uniquely uh, uniquely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I sort of did six months of sort of physio. Mm-hmm. Uh, transition from street work to sort of like desk work, I yeah. suppose. Uh, and just never got better. And the MRI showed sort of like an unusual uh, disc herniation mm-hmm. at L5S1. Uh, and that's where uh, the discs are sort of like an onion ring with a nucleus of jelly mm-hmm. in the middle. And normally sometimes you'll get a herniation where it bulges out and you've got like fluid leak from the inner nucleus yeah. into your nerve. And or there'll be pressure from the bulge. Yeah. But in this case, the onion ring sort of broke, but not in a straight line. So I actually had like a, if you imagine a circular onion ring, it sort of like popped open mm-hmm. and, and discs don't heal very well. So yeah. eventually, uh, never got better, Continued to get worse to the point where, uh, like I, I would have to plan my day sort of by like half an hour increments mm-hmm. where I'd stand for half an hour, go lay and like lay under the desk <laughs> for oh. 20 minutes, you know, like, like that kind of uh, scenario. curled
0: up a little bit too yeah Uh, yeah
1: yeah my neutral spot was flat as a board so some people come into the office and they're like where's fraser and i'd be like laying under the desk flat on my back so like that that kind of scenario (laughs) look
0: i'm down here i'm down
1: yeah 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 you can feel my pain uh yeah (laughs) yeah and so then i uh i got the back surgery in sort of june 2017 Mm -hmm. i suppose uh and uh it was supposed to be a minor one just trim the disc you know and that's what it says in the report but uh about a week or two after i'd gotten the surgery i remember i went home to vernon uh, uh to uh, to british columbia for it and i remember i just sort of looked at my mom and i said oh i'm not bouncing back here at the same rate yeah, as the two so i had a which was unfortunate because mm-hmm. i had no baseline to like reference it off of i probably yeah. wouldn't have perceived it as so dire um and then so essentially uh I, I essentially like lost sort of two years of normal mm-hmm. function uh which for me was problematic because i was really i really put my uh, identity which is a mistake on sort of mm-hmm. being an athletic sort of person yeah. uh being like the police officer who's functional and can go you know chase people down mm-hmm. the street i'd really like identified hard with that um so um it took me like three months to get to like normal walking mm-hmm. where you could walk for like half an hour but that would be it yeah. and then i gotta like lay down for a bit again just the shooting sciatica like down mm-hmm. the leg or whatever in the foot uh, and, and whenever I tried to push it at all, I would essentially just get like inflammation in the mm-hmm. lower back joint yeah. and it would lock me up and I'd be done for a couple of days. Hey, yeah. so, um, and I tried, like, I, you know, I went into the depths of the literature and I went into the depths of, you know,
0: you, it seems like you've y- done some
1: research. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, my parents are in the medical field, so they like just oh, over, okay. they, and they, they gave me access to essentially everything mm. that I could possibly read and, and, and get my hands on uh and essentially uh that was a relatively minor back surgery but if you've had two in Mm. like the same area then all of a sudden your your odds of a a full heel are much less Um, every time man. yeah yeah and so essentially it sort of uh was a bit of a gong show because i was relatively new at cps2 i'd only been on for maybe seven or eight months Mm. um that's tricky yeah, yeah yeah and when you're a new guy uh on the street like your reputation is important Uh, so when people don't know you and you're just the injured guy for prolonged periods of time, you take a sort of reputational hit for that. Mm. Uh, and whether that's right or wrong is immaterial. It's just sort of the nature of the beast. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, that was the struggle. So I'm still definitely
0: not right, regardless uh, of what one, someone thinks about
1: it. Totally. I think it's like a subconscious thing. Like everyone metrics each other out on like sort of a hierarchy. Uh, and then you would have to consciously override that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm
0: I'm not suggesting it's malicious. I just think it's kind of natural, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So essentially are animals, right? (laughs) So when yeah.
0: someone, when part of our body, human body is, that means another entity gets sick, we usually want to be like away from them. Mm-hmm. That's just in our DNA, right? Like is to get rid of the weakest, whoever, what we perceive in that respect, right? Mm-hmm. Which obviously doesn't apply to us today. It's not the same.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're not
0: fighting saber tooth tiger, saber tooth tigers or whatever. Right. So right. we don't need to have everybody the same strength.
1: Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely on the lower end of that. Uh, multiple, yeah, me too. On that's levels. why I'm, so like, I'm I'm hoping that's true. <laughs> I'm cheering for the little guy. <laughs> yeah, if we were back in the day, I'd be i eating for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, me I'd, too. I'd be long, I'd be long gone. Um, You'd have know, left me on the ice floor, you know. Have <laughs> to go, but uh, but yeah. So so essentially, it's been a long battle, and and one of the things that's been interesting is that at a certain point. Uh, I realized that a full recovery was almost mm-hmm. like not possible because at, at a certain point you just sort of have to accept yes. sort of the reality of the situation. Um, and that was really depressing because I perceived like my, where my life was going mm-hmm. and, and where I wanted to go were sort of two different things. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, it was almost like uh, I, I sort of retreated. I started, cause I, I was, I'm new to Calgary. I didn't mm-hmm. have that many friends. Uh, I had a decent support system, but, but mm-hmm. not like a, like back at home or even like when I was in the RCP, I had yeah. like a bigger group, you know, uh, just because it was relatively new. So there was a, uh, uh a a deep like over time a slow sort of like Mm. pulling back from the community hiding in my room for long periods of Mm -hmm. time uh partly out of like uh operational necessity like i couldn't stand or sit or do anything for very long so i'd have to like really plan my day like to the almost minute to sort of get through it in a uh in a way that wasn't extremely painful Mm uh so essentially over like a two-year period it just sort of burnt me out essentially so um once i had sort of gone through the medical literature to the farthest degree and i tried everything i've tried every Mm -hmm. sort of shot i've tried every sort of physio i must have gone to like four chiros 10 physios uh more than one back surgeon to get just you know like secondary opinions Mm -hmm. things like that uh and everyone said you sort of are what you are which is which i accept Mm -hmm. uh but uh it, it was interesting because at, at a certain point, I thought, oh, I'm I, I, I'm objectively looking at myself and going, I am mm-hmm. not in a good spot, sort of psychologically, uh, which makes sense, right? Yep. Like, you're no longer uh, able to do what you used to do. Like, walking through the mall would be like a task. I'd be yeah. like, Saturday, we can walk through the mall one hour and mm-hmm. then, like, we're just sort of done, hey? Yeah. So, it's that kind of disability to an extent. Yep. I uh, hear you. Yeah, yeah, you can appreciate that. Yeah. So, essentially, I, and this, I think we're, I have some utility or usefulness to maybe your listeners is that uh, I essentially had to self uh, uh, to rebuild my psyche sort of like Phoenix from Mm -hmm. the ashes kind of thing. So I went deep into like the philosophical literature to try to find a sort of a a pathway intellectually that I could accept Mm -hmm. uh, and and sort of embrace my new reality, which I think was actually I've sort of done. Um, And so I can say now. Uh, that like, although I still have those sort of problems and mm-hmm. I'm getting better slowly, like it's a, it's a process, yeah. uh, that I've actually sort of made it out the other side, yeah. um, intact or, or, or even mm-hmm. better, arguably. Yeah. So.
0: Well, arguably better because what, what you can do is, I don't know about yourself I'm not going to speak for you, but mm-hmm. what I noticed about the, the psychological aspect of the surgeries and the recoveries and all that stuff was every time I, I went under, I was different. Mm-hmm. So I had to honor that difference. Right. I had to remember that I was different. Something happened after the first surgery. It was like 12 and a half hours long. So I was 12? Yeah, it was hours? a long one. Oh my but he had multi levels to fuse. He had to put a cage in. Everything oh, was smokes. from scratch, right? And, yeah, and yeah. he had to clean out some of the garbage that was in there, right? So um, it was a long one. But when I came out of it, I was definitely different. And that psychological journey has been going on now for seven years. Six years, six years from the time I rebroke it until today, right? right. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, that psychological journey that you're on is one of the most important ones though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting component too because it's an injury that you can't necessarily see. Like yeah. uh, I'm like a food. Uh, like uh, one of the things that happened is my metabolism slowed down. Mm-hmm. I started to get sort of fat. Hey, <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Uh, but so I essentially like mm-hmm. went uh, on ex- not extreme diet, but uh, cut out all the unnecessary food and was able mm-hmm. to maintain my weight. And yeah. uh, you know I swim at the pool and the old people lap me all day and it's humble pie every time. But yeah, I don't but, but 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 at least I'm 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 doing stuff yeah. right. So if you if you see me walking down the street, you wouldn't think that i'm as bad as mm-hmm. i perceive not perceive myself to be but sort of am as objectively deals, yeah. yeah yeah uh so it's sort of an interesting thing you sort of suffer a little bit in silence mm-hmm. unless you meet someone like you who's had a back issue yep. who sort of gets the nature of it because there's there's back problems and there's <laughs> back problems right yeah. eh? uh so that was one of the things that was interesting too if i'm in like let's say the, the work world or even like mm-hmm. with friends they're like how's your back and i'm like well it, Fraser looks like he's Not doing too bad right here. He's smiling and everything's good, but it's like I'm sort of like a duck underneath on a a pond. Hey, like Mm -hmm. the feet are moving quick, but up top it looks like everything's all good. Yeah. So it's sort of a a definitely a suffer in silence kind of injury, um, unless unless you're like laying on the ground and that's sort of more obvious. Because then people notice (laughs) people. Yeah, yeah. But you're
0: right. It's it's interesting because it is an invisible one. Mm -hmm. So it's almost even though now I have apparatus that kind of signals to people that I'm a little bit maybe
1: hurt broken toy so, yeah. yeah
0: something i'm a broken toy that's right yeah, yeah. um but when like the truth is when i'm walking well with it people assume i'm not in pain and and that's right. the big that's a big difference between being able to move and function mm-hmm. um and not and still having pain yeah yeah oftentimes people forget that we're just always in pain
1: yeah and, yeah. and that's pain's not necessarily a bad thing uh like nope. there's uh not the worst you know, like the, where there's pain sometimes there's growth opportunities too right so yeah. it's it's uh, it's an opportunity and a sort of curse at the same time but uh, that's an interesting interesting point the I, and I, if you're interested i can share you with my so essentially yeah. what i did is uh, over like a six month period i read like a million books uh, as much as i could read like every yeah. day because i was laying down so i had nothing else to do yeah uh and i essentially created a sort of like a uh framework that you can rip down when you're getting sort of not not like clinically depressed mm-hmm. but just when you're like i'm going down like the negative i'm in a bad spot mode yeah. and i think it's actually been pretty good dude yeah you want to hear it, it? yeah yeah i even brought my little books so i wouldn't wouldn't forget it here uh, so essentially, I call it my wheel of misfortune uh, framework. So hmm. if I'm having a bad day, and I'm having more good days than bad now, yep. but uh, when I was in the the, the sucky times, uh, I would leverage this framework to pull myself out of my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, there's essentially four p- parts to it. One is sort of like a stoic uh, sort of. Uh, mantra on what you have to do in the world and mm-hmm. the second one is like how you suffer because there's more more yeah. than one way to do the same level of suffering the second one is sort of a gratitude component mm-hmm. and the fourth one is sort of like a uh positive vision or positive uh, narrative rework which is yeah. like a mechanical insert so on the first one uh i read uh, marcus aurelius meditations the hmm. gregory hayes version 10 10 10 out of 10 recommend as soon as i started reading it i actually couldn't stop i read yeah. it like in two days flat What was the name of the book again uh marcus it's by marcus aurelius uh, yeah. former roman emperor from way back in the day uh and it's the gregory hayes uh translation of that okay. and that's actually a really interesting book uh, in the sense that it was written a long time ago it wasn't meant to be public public publicated pu- publicized. published yeah. published there's a the word there's yeah. my minor uh, it was actually just his notes hmm. uh, for his own self uh, yeah. uh his, 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 for his own day-to-day living so essentially uh he was a unique character in that he brought all the smartest people around the roman empire together to uh educate him like to Personally, tutor him. So mm-hmm. essentially, you'd be like being Bill Gates and having all the smartest people in the world paying them to come to personally mentor you for your whole life. So you yeah. got all this expertise that you could no other person on earth could possibly uh, command. Essentially, and he just wrote notes to himself. So mm. it's not a philosophical text about like you know what's the uh, you know like like uh, uh, what's the epistemological nature of truth. It's not like something like that. It's actually like yeah. a self-help how to do it. Yeah. Uh, and what's really nice is that. Uh, it's sort of been like changed throughout time. So mm-hmm. as people have like done different translations yeah. and people have added to it. So it's sort of like a self-help book over like mm. 1,500 years or 1,700 years, whatever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's there's uh, nuggets of like wisdom in there that. that are unusually good. And yeah. and one of the things I like is, uh, for example, in the like on the fourth page or something like that, it essentially says like, if you're suffering, ask yourself why you can't take it. Right? Ooh. And of course the answer is just like, because you're being a wuss or whatever, right? <laughs> and, and he, he just called it because it's written to him, yeah, right? So he's yeah, yeah. like, why can't you take it? Like, yeah. you're the richest guy on all the planet. Like, yeah. you know, why are you not strong enough to handle the storm? Yeah. And so within 10 seconds, I'm like, oh, I got to read this whole thing. So yeah. essentially, there's three components to it uh, that I've pulled out for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is that one, you can't control anything. Yeah. So everything is out of your control, like hurting your back, not in your control. Uh, does an asteroid hit the earth? Not in your control. Mm-hmm. Your own health? Out of your control. Like, do you, uh, like your family, you don't pick them. You don't mm-hmm. pick your contacts. And that's sort of nice uh, because the second component is viewing things as they are so mm. you so when you have a scenario like um if my house burns down i'm upset but my worst enemy would say he's really happy so both those things can't be true let's mm. look at it f- from a subjective lens objectively as possible yeah. right uh and then that the, logic eh that yeah and, and it's and it, i recommend it man it's not philosophically like th- yeah. there's not a lot of big words in there it's literally like if you're writing something to yourself that's how it's written uh and it's sort of like a kicky in the pants Perfect. get up kind of thing yeah, yeah so i 10 out of 10 recommend that book top three for sure and then the the last bit is to be uh, whatever your whatever scenario you're in. Um, as a human being, you're evolved or designed mm-hmm. to be in the environment, or the logos. In this case, it's like in nature. Yeah. That'd be a better way to put it. Uh, and. He sort of deduces that the best thing you can do if you're doing nothing at all is to be for other people. That's like Mm -hmm. the highest calling. And I think that you can extrapolate that to every sort of religious Mm -hmm. uh, back uh, religion as well as different philosophical uh, ideological um, frameworks that you could apply. That seems to be a common theme throughout. Uh, And essentially, so whenever I'm in a scenario where I'm like just laying there being... A goof I'll mm-hmm. say what should I be doing right now and essentially I have a lens where I go um should I do nothing or should I call a friend and or should I uh write a book or should mm-hmm. I whatever comes to your mind yeah. and it just does it pass the test of is it for others or is it just like something that's not that mm-hmm. and essentially you just pass it through that lens and you make a decision yeah. and so that's been super useful for me so if I'm at work and I'm uh not being very effective I literally go um what should I do in this scenario? Mm. I pass it through that lens and it gives me an answer and then I'm yeah. obligated to do it. So mm. the, the, another way you could perceive it is like a dog is a dog. It's never a cat. Yeah. A cat's a cat, a, a bird acts like a bird. So a human should act like a human. Mm-hmm. And in this case, that would be like uh, being for others, being mm-hmm. for the community, yeah. whatever that means. So you yeah. can be the protector, you can be the educator, you can be the, whatever com- calls to you mm-hmm. uh, subconsciously whatever, whatever you dream, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but you must pursue that because it's the way you're supposed to be. So a human should never be not a human. And that's being yeah. like the, in, in the way he portrays it is like mm-hmm. not to be mopey or to be like a victim, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's to pursue things in a, in a sort of honorable mm-hmm. fashion. So that's super good. That's
0: wild. Yeah. Yeah. I so, didn't know Marcus Aurelius, notes were put down and I, I, yeah. I just imagine as you're talking, he's probably sitting there like this. He's writing his notes and he's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, uh, we don't want to do the gladiator thing yet. Yeah, just wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing some notes. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna be strong today. Okay, go ahead. Let the lion out. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There's obviously more to it than that. That's uh, awesome. Uh, and though, yeah, but it's a uh, a really great book with a lot of deep insights uh, that are common sense. When you mm-hmm. read it, you go, "That makes sense." Yeah. Um, uh, a common thing you hear is like, "What's in the way is the way." Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a common Marcus Aurelius quote that you'll hear, and that sort of suggests like. Um, whatever you fear is what you should pursue mm-hmm. because you care about it the most, right? So that's like obviously true, but when you just sort of hear like, yeah. it's, not in, it's not it's intuitive if you're in a bubble, but mm-hmm. as soon as you hear that, you're like, well, that's common sense. So yeah. it's essentially a common sense book yeah. uh, and it's sort of, uh, it's self-correcting because mm-hmm. literally you can pick any page almost and there'll be some comment where he's talking to himself, but yeah. essentially you. Of course. And going, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Yeah. And it's sort of a butt kick and you're going, you know what? Like that's, it's a valid a valid point
0: it's a valid question every day right
1: yeah and so the-
0: so is it like is it tied into uh sorry i had this thought about um that which you are seeking is what's causing you to seek right and so i don't know which right which theories that comes from whether it's buddhist or something mm-hmm. like that i can't quite remember where that came from where i heard that but um same idea
1: yeah perhaps yeah, yeah. This, this would be like a sto. this is a stoic principle ah, like in the philosophy yeah. of stoicism yeah and the specific like roman era stoicism mm-hmm. so you if you go back to like uh uh Episodes and the other philosophers in the stoic realm mm-hmm. um it, it goes off into different what well, like goes into every level of of life and society yeah. so you can yeah. get caught into like the you know like like are, are there gods is there a god like that kind mm-hmm. of thing this yeah. is not that at all this is yeah. just like a literally a how to run the empire guide essentially <laughs> that's uh, awesome yeah it's good uh but it's it's laced with every intellectual uh talent at the time mm-hmm. so so you've got uh stuff from like uh Socrates and Aristotle laced mm-hmm. in like all the uh the philosophy philosophy that he thinks is relevant mm-hmm. to just living a good life on a day-to-day yeah. basis uh within that text mm-hmm. and then as you as you get the translations as they go forward um people insert stuff all the time so it's mm-hmm. not really necessarily written by him it's yeah. like a global document of common sense idioms that like you can just apply yeah. to your life immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've referenced or I've given that book to multiple people. Like I bought copies for people, mm-hmm. uh, and they read it and everyone gets something different out of it. Depends yeah. on your context. Uh, but no one has come to me and said, that's a bad book. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been super jazzed. Right to on. Give it a shake. Yeah. Cool. And so, and I literally use that on a daily basis, okay. uh, for big decisions and for little ones. Sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, should I, uh, cause I, I coach football mm-hmm. and Karen, I go, should I go, uh, play video games or whatever and then or or should i set up a like a, a sprint a sprint training session for these kids mm-hmm. and i'm like well and i i just have to run it through that lens of what's better for like the community essentially mm-hmm. which gives you sort of a meaning and value yeah. and i in, it instantly makes it crystal clear that what the right path yeah. is uh, and then i just action that and i've i've never i've never used that sort of uh like a screen essentially for mm-hmm. for decision making tree uh i've never done something where i've gone oh I, that was the wrong decision mm-hmm. it's really it's a fantastic little little it, trick
0: well it seems like a, it's a very much like any other meditation book mm-hmm. where people if if you can grab onto it and i like different things so
1: yeah, yeah. no i i recommend it uh cool. and and yeah stoicism is a Interesting thing. It's it's not about the cow sitting in the field, you know, mm. being like like taking the rein and just sitting there and be like, ah, I'm embracing it's it's a <laughs> it's a functional uh philosophy. That before Christianity was sort of like the main mm. main shtick in in uh, in sort of like the upper Roman elite at the time. So yeah. Uh, so it does have some utility it's a good cool. to to guide so that that's really? the first one so if that doesn't but if that doesn't clear me if i'm still in the hole with that yeah. uh the second one which i think is almost more uh leverages uh i read a book by victor Frankl, which is man's search for meaning mm-hmm. uh which is a yeah yeah it's a good one right yeah so uh fantastic book it's you know so like millions like tens of millions yeah. of copies and stuff uh and and I really recommend it to anyone. Uh, the first half, is, uh, Victor Frankel was a uh, Jewish Holocaust survivor mm-hmm. uh, who, essentially, once once surviving that ordeal uh, in concentration camps, became a psychiatrist and created the concept of logotherapy, which is a branch of psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, and essentially, it's that meaning is what is is, is a basic requirement for mm-hmm. a functional life, essentially. Uh, and, and so you can go deep into the weeds with that, but how I perceive it for me, uh, in my scenario, uh, what I took away from that book is that there's essentially four reasons, uh, to, and I'll give you an example at the end here. There's Mm -hmm. four reasons, four things you can get meaning from. So the one that could be like family family and friends Mm -hmm. let's say uh like your co-workers things like that uh and relationships that would be it the second one is your like your works let's Mm -hmm. say uh you can go out and uh you know if you're if you if you feel like you get lots of value from your work then that can be a source of meaning Mm -hmm. uh that's another thing you could get is aesthetics so like you know i see art or i see a movie and i'm that gives me meaning to live you go to comic-con you have a good time Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of
0: thing you know i think lots of people live for that shit
1: 100 percent. (laughs) and so uh Frankl's uh, insight was that in the concentration camps, the people that you thought would survive mm. were not surviving. So you'd see like, you know, the buff guy who's, you know, like can do 100 pushups or whatever. Uh, he'd show up and then within like a short period of time and he'd die. Mm. But you see other people who you thought would never make it and are somehow surviving miraculously. Mm. Uh, and so his insight was that the the Germans sort of knew this already. And one of the things, and at least he talks to this one of the things that they used to do was they'd you know they take away all your friends they separate mm-hmm. you from all your family so they took away that they you weren't allowed to work at whatever you're doing before mm-hmm. there's nothing aesthetically nice to look at and then uh if you had things let's say uh they would say give bring all your like when they put you into the camp it's mm-hmm. like put all your stuff that means anything to you on the table and then you put all your stuff your wedding ring whatever mm-hmm. and they go is this everything in your life that has value and they'd go, yes. And then they'd instantly throw it in the trash can J- just to like essentially mind fuck you, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so then uh, that was on purpose to essentially strip that person of any meaning t- to life at all. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of an existential crisis. And so essentially what people would do is they go, well, there's no point to living and then would quickly die. Mm-hmm. So on the medical sheet, it would say died from flu or something. Mm-hmm. But the actual reality of that was uh, they probably died of like lack of meaning and broken mm-hmm. heart.
0: Yeah. So essentially, that's a real thing, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I felt myself going down the hole, mm-hmm. to an ex- not quite in that extreme. Yeah. But I was like, oh well, you know, I don't have the work, and I'm sort of stuck at home. And so you can really find yourself going into this mm-hmm. existential or this nihilistic pit, yeah. uh, where like, why do anything at all? Yeah. Um, and so just just uh, and so the, the the fourth version of this, and this is sort of like the the baseline. Uh, is that all those things are dependent on other things right like you yeah. your friends are ex- everything's external but what about internal value and in mm-hmm. Frankel Frank, Frank uh, <clears throat> Victor would say uh, that the the val- suffering can be a a source of Like of meaning, essentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for example, uh, I had my back injury. uh, And then last year, so I guess 2018 in August, I randomly uh, had this bout of uh, where my immune system went crazy, totally unrelated, and I would get anaphylaxis choking. Hmm. you know and like not a fun joke like a like a bad joke, not a <laughs> joke. you know like not not, not, <laughs> not a, a saturday night joke that's exactly right yeah. yeah yeah no like a like a oh my gosh i'm dying <laughs> so i'd so i'd you know drive off the hospital and i yeah. essentially spent five days in the hospital with like anaphylaxis like over and over and over again Holy. essentially i had an autoimmune uh, sort of like breakdown so sort of like blue mm-hmm. screen of death on your you know microsoft computer. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah yeah so essentially i had the blue screen of death of my immune system uh all my histamine cells would just shoot out all the time and i get a full-on anaphylactic shock mm-hmm. so i lost like 20 pounds because i couldn't eat anything i thought i was having allergies i mm-hmm. no one knew what was going on got the scopes got every medical blood test and there was a point in time uh where like i was really suffering um and i was laying in the hospital bed uh and uh in, in calgary and and you know it's bad when your mom flies in from bc right mm-hmm. like that's when you know like things are going sideways and uh so she was like yeah i'm gonna go back to the hotel so everyone left and am sort of by myself mm-hmm. and i'm in this little bed uh sitting there and the, the sheets are up so you can still hear what people are talking on the other yeah. side And there was a group of doctors, specialists, uh, internists or internal medicine specialists. And they were talking about my file. And I was just, and at that point, I'd stayed up for like four or five days in a row. So I'm not really thinking straight. And uh, the doctor was like, oh, well, maybe it's this. And it was like some extremely rare, like one in 10 million disease, Mm -hmm. which I didn't have, you know, but at the time, I was susceptible to like thinking I had anything. Like if you had said I got like, you know, I don't know, uh, like the black plague, I'd have been like, that's what I got. Yeah. So. I heard it and I had my phone with me. So I just like typed that in and it was like 100% terminal. Like you, no one lives, like no cure. No one knows why it happens. You just yeah. die. And, but the symptoms were like really on par. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily I've got it under control. I'm good now. But for about 20 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm cooked. Like I'm like, I'm dead. And I probably got like, based on this Wikipedia article, (laughs) like 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I thought, Oh man, I'm in a bad spot. And I I could just feel like the walls like caving in on me. But then I thought of my old man, uh, Victor Franklier, And I thought, Oh, I can choose to suffer well, or I can choose to suffer poorly. Mm -hmm. And the choice between that creates value Uh, regardless of any external situation so I said you know what I'm in my own words I was like I'm gonna suffer courageously here you could use whatever word you want Mm -hmm. and the nurse came in to like check my blood pressure or whatever like like, the 20-minute check or whatever and I like cracked a joke do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. and I was like oh what's up and I totally accepted my demise within like 20 minutes and I was like I'm 100% good to go I was like choke away like it's all good like we're gonna (laughs) We're just going to ride this like a champ. So of course, like it doesn't just, you don't just sit in that glorious moment, yeah. but from the, like the ashes of like total despair. And remember mm-hmm. my back's still in <laughs> pain. So like yeah, being at the hospital pain. is unpleasant just as it is, mm-hmm. uh, an unfun environment. But by the time I was out of there, like I'm cracking jokes with everyone and I made mm-hmm. my my stay at that hospital, I made the hospital a better place by the time I left it. You know, I'm high and people by the way yeah. out and I didn't have to do that. I chose to do that. So essentially whenever I, I now view pain and suffering as like my job Mm -hmm. and that's where i get all my value from so when i'm at work like if there's pain sometimes i'll actually sit in it to be Mm -hmm. like i'm not not to be like a like narcissistic but i'm just like i i can do this Mm -hmm. and so when i get home from work and i talk to my girlfriend i'll say oh, she'll say, how was your day? And I'll say, ah, it was a good day. Suffered greatly today, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't mean like I suffered a lot as in like the pain was extreme, but I'm like, I suffered really well. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can never take away from anyone. Like you could strip, you could put me in the Holocaust scenario, mm-hmm. but I still have a, at the end of the day, you can still suffer well or, or choose to make mm-hmm. that decision. And that there's an inherent value in that. And I've leveraged that every day since mm-hmm. i learned that. And that's been my, one, big takeaway.
0: Yeah, right? that's huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So essentially, like you can have the worst case scenario ever, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what you you got cancer, you got this, that, whatever, family drama, whatever. Yeah. You can always choose to handle that
0: better than a, a different way. It's exactly what we try to get newcomers to do Like yeah. in terms of alcohol and drugs, right? We mm-hmm. try to just get them to understand that even though all you want is pleasure... Pain is a part of of growing. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of it. And and part of the reason people drink and use, part of the reason why we continue to do it was because we're avoiding pleasure. Right, yeah. Right? And or, or avoiding pain, seeking pleasure. Right, yeah, right? yeah. But once we get the mindset of pain is just as valuable as pleasure, well, things change.
1: Right, yeah, right? yeah. It, it takes it from that black and white to a yeah. sort of like everything's an opportunity um so yeah so so now like if i mean i can i can put on the sad face and be like oh my back you know whatever mm-hmm. an occasion that happens uh but literally if i just leverage those two things uh, and the other two as well which i'll get to um i can usually pull myself out of the hole quickly mm-hmm. like if i'm sad for more than an hour or if i'm like depressed or having the like, negative self-talk
0: yeah
1: uh if i'm like that for more than an hour that's uh, anything past that hour is on me yeah. like and i fully accept that like sometimes you get caught in the loop and you know totally. like you know i don't know like you're tea spills in your leg or something like that or whatever right like things start badly for the day um
0: sometimes self-pity is pretty nice but- oh
1: yeah oh there's, there's nothing better than spreading <laughs> a bad mood yeah. too right you're like That's hey right. tell me about like you know you pass the bad mood around and everyone else is upset and you're like yeah this is good Do you want
0: to know bad life sucks come here i'll tell you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and as you can tell i can get on the horse and rant all day but the uh that. yeah yeah but but I, i've literally leveraged that Mm-hmm. Once or twice a day for the past, I don't know, nine months that I've right really on. sort of incorporated incorporated yeah. that thought. Yeah. Um, and, and that and that's a form of psychotherapy. So like yeah. a local therapists would actually present that to you mm-hmm. um, as a form of therapy in this scenario. So yeah. I'm not totally out in the weeds here in the philosophical, uh, uh, non falsifiable world. They yeah. actually, that's a form of therapy that you can leverage, uh, but you don't need to go to a local therapist. You can actually just read the book and, and get mm-hmm. the insights and, and rip through it. Yeah. Um, which has been good. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah. What are the other two?
1: The other two yeah. are uh they're less less uh, impressive, but uh almost as useful I find. The first one is I just have like a uh gratitude attitude, I call it. I just mm-hmm. I, I heard this on a YouTube clip somewhere like ten years ago or something like that. I don't know really where it comes from. But essentially like if I'm again having a bad day and I don't and I, those those two things aren't pulling me out of the hole, yeah. I'll literally just think of things I've done that day Mm -hmm. uh that have been successful so most people would say like eating breakfast is like not really an important thing but if you think about it like a baby can't eat breakfast by itself it needs help and stuff like that so there is actually some Mm -hmm. uh 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 capacity needed to get through day-to-day chores so i'll literally in my brain go uh and this is normally when i'm having like the catastrophic thinking like you know uh you know i'm i'm a piece of crap and my career sucks and everything's like you know you're going down like that weird rabbit hole and i'll be like what did i do well today and i'm like i got up on time Mm -hmm. i brushed my teeth Mm -hmm. and i just start listing off like literally generic things like that it doesn't have to be huge wins and it's not about being like i'm the best i can it's literally Mm -hmm. just like it, it, it's it's uh, cutting that negative self-talk and just mm. forcing yourself through a positive path pathway. Yeah. So it, it's almost like a form of meditation, but just like you're not counting to one to a hundred or you're yeah. focused on the breath. You're just going through positive things. And I mm-hmm. find that's enough for my brain to all of a sudden go, why were you thinking the bad way before? Mm-hmm. This is stupid. You're an idiot. And then I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it'll am like, yeah, I, I put on my clothes today. I'm wearing socks. That's a win, right? Yeah. Like I, I go through each little thing and after about 10 or 11 things down the list, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm good. And I don't know why that works. Uh, I don't have any data for that. I don't even know where that comes from. Uh, I,
0: I don't know either, but I know that I heard, I shouldn't say I know, I heard that there is some data on psychological studies about gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what those studies are, but that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That, so I find that works for me. I've told a few people that, uh, it, originally, uh, the office I worked in, uh, was full of injured officers, police mm-hmm. officers. And that's like the least cheery place to be in all of yeah. the Calgary police service, uh, all the broken toys. Right. And a lot of people were, uh, like crushed right because they really oh they over-identify as police officers mm-hmm. if i can't be on the street you know chasing criminals then i'm like i'm useless yeah. uh and i found that the gratitude one if you're not philosophically inclined the other two require mm-hmm. some thinking uh but the gratitude one is i mean anyone can employ that yeah. uh a old child can employ that yeah. uh and i found when people are like in their own well and i can tell i'm like i'll literally say do the gratitude thing and they mm-hmm. look at me like i'm an idiot And they'll be like, well, and they start to like rattle things off and you Mm -hmm. can just see like the, the, the daylight, like the, the the lights get brighter, Mm. you know, uh, it's a sunny day all of a sudden. And they're like, oh, everything's fine. And it's, it's, it's a real quick fix. Yeah. Uh, And so that's that. And then the last one is just a um, uh, positive sort of self-talk, which is obvious, but it's a mechanical correction. I don't have to feel it. So Mm. what, what I mean by that is uh, an example would be like, uh, I don't want to be sick would be something that would rip through my brain, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have this back pain. I don't want, and, and that's sort of like a positive framing of that yeah. question. So essentially, if I find myself in that, so you need some uh, meditative qualities, you need mm-hmm. to, be, to do introspection on that. But if you find yourself in a path, in, in a mental like OODA loop or mental loop yep. where you're in like that sort of negative path line, I'll just change the context of the sentence. Hmm. I, don't, I don't have to verbalize it, but just internally. So I'll yep. go, uh, I don't want to have back pain to, I want to be healthy. And like mm-hmm. that sounds trivial, but it's Not a it's a reframing of the issue that is u- that has utility yeah. in my opinion. So um, I'll do that on any concept. So I don't like my job. I want a better job. Mm-hmm. I just change it to that, and I just yeah. repeat that over and over and over again. And I find in combination with the sort of gratitude component, mm-hmm. those two, they're they're almost they're they're in parallel with each other. Yeah. Um. And and that, I found that to work. And I actually, I mean, that's a, that's a self obvious point. Uh, but it's funny because you can read the literature and it can be right in front of you. Yeah. But if it doesn't, but if you're in the wrong state of mind, doesn't come across or mm-hmm. it's sort of like if someone has, you know, like your spouse tells you something all the time and you know, it's right, but you never accept it. Mm-hmm. And then like some random guy tells you the exact same thing. And because it's coming from someone else, you just, it just hits. Yeah. So I've read that before, <laughs> but I actually got that from, uh, you know, that book, the secret, like mm-hmm. it was like popular like 10 years ago. Oh
0: my God, that wasn't. Old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that on like, a, I was like at a hotel and it was on like the, like someone left it like yeah. on the counter, like, you know, like. F- feel free to read kind of thing. And I just skimmed to read through it. And mm-hmm. a lot of it to me is uh nonsense. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just total garbage to me in, in some ways. But uh that little insight was like super good. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, don't think uh you know, I, I hate my life, be like, I want to have a good life. And that mm-hmm. instantly points you in the right direction. It's sort of like if you were a realtor and you're walking down the street Every house to you is like an investment because you're mm-hmm. looking at it from a realtor angle where if you're like, a, like you know, just me walking on the street, I'm not seeing what you're seeing at all. Mm-hmm. If I was a, you know, biologist, I'm looking at the birds or something yeah. like that, right? Or if I'm a police officer, I'm looking for like other things entirely. So how you frame mm-hmm. your, the, 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 the lens in which you view your reality will dictate what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So if you frame things in a positive lens, it is intuitively one can intuit that you would start to look for the pause of things Mm -hmm. versus being like i'm in a bad lens and everything i'm viewing is bad Mm -hmm. and so that that's it's just a mechanical correction i don't necessarily believe it at the time but if i just keep repping it Mm -hmm. i find that again you know all of a sudden the room is brighter and everything's Mm -hmm. happy and if i'm calling my mom i'm like hey mom versus like oh everything sucks right Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a tone shift Uh, at a subconscious level yeah
0: that's awesome man because i mean you think about it and it sounds like trivial and i but it's not because semantics are not trivial things people have killed each other over words Mm -hmm. so any type of um alteration in the thinking will lead to as you said it it just naturally leads there because we're not focusing on the other thing now it doesn't mean we have to pretend it doesn't exist so a lot of people will do that they'll say well you're just looking at the positive because that's the bright side and that's, we're just ignoring the dark side. And it's like, no, 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 no. We fully understand the dark side. Yeah. We're choosing now because we understand both sides. We're choosing one. That's it to focus on because we know that by focusing on the dark, it only gets darker. Right. You can't get light out of dark. (laughs) You have to actually have light enter into that space. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't think that's trivial at all. Yeah, it, it's the mechanical nature of it that I think we have to get ingrained into us mm-hmm. of changing that framework inside the brain. Yeah, right. Because if we call ourselves down, we're going to feel down. There's just no way around it, right? right? It's like the difference between you make a mistake and you say, Oh, that was stupid, Dave. Right. right, right. If I'm saying that, that's not helping. It's not helping at all. However, if I said something like you said, reframe it like, oh, I really didn't want to do that. That's not what I was intending. That's much different than, man, I'm so stupid. (laughs) Right? Right. Yeah. But it's still saying this. It's saying the actual thing instead of calling, like labeling it. Right. You know? Yeah. That's cool, man. So, yeah.
1: It, it's like, uh, it's the difference between like, uh, also like visions and, and like to have a, to have a positive vision. Like, I'm yeah. going to be the best version of myself. Like, I don't think that necessarily, but like, that's a common one you'll hear right now, at least in the YouTube world, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I like, I, I get it. Like, you have that vision and you're aspiring towards it. It's just like the Marcus Aurelius thing where it's yeah. like to be, good in nature to be mm-hmm. good in nature's like the universe or to, to be good for others is the, is the mm-hmm. quintessential vision you must move toward it yeah but but that's like a conscious framing of what direction you're going yeah so it's like if my if i'm if i have back pain or i don't like my work like if if your if your self-talk is in that narrow band of like this sucks mm-hmm. well then you're, you're you're pointing in a direction that might not have a lot of utility for you yeah so it's good to self-correct that yeah. and you don't even have to necessarily believe it like sometimes i'm like, like yeah. i just, i i just manually insert that and mm-hmm. it's like it's sort of like if you hear a good song your mood is up like you, you almost yeah. can't help it it's it's
0: almost like that yeah yeah absolutely man so did you have you had two more didn't you
1: uh no that that was four that was, that's all i got and, and and again like i just sort of my bolted,
0: brain's still processing it i guess
1: i just bolted those together man the <laughs> yeah. uh and, and that's just what works for me personally there's yeah. lots of other stuff i've jettisoned that's just as good mm. it just depends on who you are yeah uh but for like a starter pack you could just skip a lot of it and just maybe kick to those those four little I, This sounds
0: like a good place to start would be that Marcus Aurelius book, eh?
1: Marcus Aurelius and Victor Frankl, man. Victor like Frankl. You've read yeah. the Victor Frankl
0: one? Yeah. yeah. What'd you think of it, Darcy? That no, was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, it was phenomenal. Right
1: on. Yeah. yeah. It's a phenomenal book. To, to the only warning with that is that the first half of that book is about his personal experience in mm-hmm. the concentration camps, uh, which are, as you can imagine, gruesome. So yeah. uh like I gave that book to my sweet mother, uh, because I thought, oh you know, everyone should read mm-hmm. this, you know, give it to the dog essentially. And uh and she got through like the first quarter of it and was like yeah this is too graphic because it goes into mm. extreme detail so i mean you, you could just skip i mean that that yeah. just lays the the path to walk but like you you could just skip the first half of the book and just get the logo therapy side in yeah. the back end um i wouldn't yeah. skip the first half though i don't think it's worth yeah. skipping i think yeah. it's really important but uh i could see that if you were yeah. you know squeamish perhaps that maybe uh
0: and I can appreciate that. Some people are, but I think, uh, I think I'm squeamish when it comes to that mm. stuff, because that's not stuff that's supposed to happen to humans. Right. So. Right. Right looking at that stuff is going to probably cause us to be sick but that doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it
1: totally yeah, yeah. It, it that book on another totally separate sort of angle of it is that it's like how could normal people do that to other people yeah that's uh, and, exactly and that's uh, good to explore and and i think to prevent that you have to explore that topic so if you don't want to be a nazi you should probably figure out what nazism is and figure out the critique yeah. of it right um it's probably good to expose yourself to that kind of stuff yeah i mean yeah. It's, a, it's a good point It's an, you in, make. an inoculation that's to right extent, yeah.
0: so you can because you, what happens is i think lots of people um probably not like soldiers police fire or ems because always dealing with kind of the darkness right to mm-hmm. a certain extent of of what's happening with humans um but uh oh man, i lost my train of thought darcy's gonna like laugh at me oh man where was i going every time every day it happens hey eh? I, I did give you a map, but I changed locations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. the uh, no, that, that's, that's sort of my only point on that. Uh, I, I find the, on, on that topic, I think it's advantageous, mm-hmm. like, uh, if you are against, let's say, um, like tyranny, you should really find out who's yeah. done that and how that's
0: went and down. And what tyranny looks like. Yeah, yeah,
1: whether that's right wing or left wing, or yeah. you know, some sort or of, both, or both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anywhere on the political spectrum, whether that's like, mm. like the incel movement, which is sort of new, or yeah. like let's say like a jihadist narrative, things like that. Mm-hmm. The best way to inoculate yourself from that is to approach it. Yeah. Because uh, if you enter it, the people that are in those organizations, for the most part, or or, or in those ideological. Uh, um sound chambers are just like you and me mm-hmm. they've just instead of you know picking football to pursue they pick something that unfortunately has a negative outcome in the yeah. end uh but you know if you engage and i engage with those kind of people from time to time yeah. in my work and stuff and i find they're uh intellectually uh uh with the rest of us yeah you know and uh so it's good to i think through like so that free mm-hmm. Conversation and and honest and Victor Frankel's book would be an example yeah. of that for the Holocaust kind of side of the coin. Um, it's very easy to see how uh, bad ideology or uh, corrupt thinking, if you don't really examine mm-hmm. it, can lead you down a pathway that you think is reasonable. Yeah, um, and those people that are doing those atrocious things are most likely not much different than you. There's a very small percentage of people who are truly deviant in a violent way.
0: Yeah, and those those that small percentage of the true deviancy are the ones that usually disseminate the information to the rest of people. right? And and it's kind of like, I think probably lots of people, maybe not as much today, but like when I was growing up, there was lots of people thought that everybody involved in the Nazi movement was evil, right? Mm. We just thought evil, there's not any fathers, no mothers, no sons, no right. daughters, no brothers, no sisters. They must be just evil and demonic. But what lots of us don't realize until we get into that stuff and mm-hmm. actually take in some of that information is how diabolical humans are mm-hmm. and how we are all susceptible that the majority of the people who served in the German army did not believe in nazism but they did it because first of all they didn't want to die right right yeah and so yeah. how often do we hear in canada outside of our indigenous population which has been we've been trying to wipe off the face of the earth forever um outside of that we um when we can't see even the similarities there Right. Right. We can't see the similarities right. between, uh, and don't get me wrong, some people can, and, and some people just won't. Um, and that's fair because nobody wants to acknowledge that they're capable of doing right. these things, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to compare themselves in the same um, light as a Nazi. Let's be honest. Right. Right?
1: Yeah. There, there's some things that are very clear cuts. Yeah. If I said, uh, you know, I'm Fraser and I'm a, like, you know, a, a right-wing fascist, most mm-hmm. people will go, oh, you're taking a huge hit. Yeah. uh by saying something like that yeah. right uh and, and that there's a clear delineation like mm-hmm. yeah if I, if I if someone says they're a nazi 99 mm-hmm. percent of, of people on earth will go that person is someone to avoid yeah uh but then there's other like maybe less uh less obvious uh ideological strains Mm -hmm. that you would not necessarily think that. So in the Aboriginal case, like you just mentioned, like maybe perhaps you're like, well, I don't perceive it, it it, it doesn't have such a knee jerk response to resist because it's not as obvious. Uh, what's going on Mm -hmm. and more investigation is required. Yeah. Uh, And you'd apply that to sort of like the left wing, sort of uh, like sort of communist kind Mm -hmm. of ideological rant. I mean, like on the far end of the left and the right are both sort of essentially tyranny. So it's like, but but like, where's the, like, if I said I'm a right wing, uh, you know, ethno nationalist, you know, whatever people go that there's a clear line in the sand, but on the left, let's say maybe there isn't. And what about like, you know, sort of like the, uh, the jihadist narrative or the Salafist narrative, uh, like most people wouldn't know really what the intricacies of that are, and that's mm-hmm. not fine. I think you, people should pursue that yeah, to get not their avoid own it. opinion. Yeah, because yeah. like the people that get pulled into those movements the initial thought is is good right mm-hmm. like even like in the communism, everyone yeah, we should divide everything equally uh and there should be a division of resources and everyone should we should have pure quality of outcome yeah. versus a quality quality of opportunity at yeah. first that like sounds really good mm-hmm. but then if you see that extrapolated out in the world over the 20th century it's like you know 100 million people died from that so it's like exactly. the, right so there's yeah. a there's a there's a map like and even like let's say like the the fascist narrative i can like people get pulled into that let's say mm-hmm. uh in the modern sense um or even like in like the sort of a world war ii uh, nazism kind of sense um there was people who were probably good people that you'd be friends with that got sort of pulled into that narrative and it's like why did that happen that's a really interesting question and then we if if we can't critique it how Mm -hmm. can we defend against it right so um especially when like the some of the people that i've dealt with in the sort of extremist side of Mm -hmm. the coin or even in the literature um one of the, the the best way to change someone's mind or to inoculate someone one is to give them exposure mm-hmm. and then two uh, is through like the Socratic method of just sort of like being like, Hey, why do you think that way? Yeah. They have to come to those conclusions themselves. And That's it's right. a lot easier when you have the represent, uh, the, the requisite, uh, informational pack. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why you have to critique culture all the time. If you're yeah. born into a certain culture uh, anywhere in the world, like you, and it's slammed in at mother's mm-hmm. knee, essentially this is how things are. Yeah. Is that objectively true? Yeah. In the Stoic model even says that view things as objectively as possible mm. to make your subjective value on that. It. Yeah. Um, it can't be subjective the whole way through.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting. That's super interesting, man. Hmm. You're a super interesting dude, actually. Uh, fake it till you make it. <laughs> well, whatever. You, can't, you can only <laughs> fake some of it, eh? Yeah, what yeah. What time yeah. are we at Darcy? one hour yeah. because i heard the doorbell so i think oh yeah yeah. but uh i, so, do, I
1: do have one question for you yes though, please do because uh, i'm always curious to know because uh, your back situation is uh arguably worse than mine for sure uh, uh we can compare later i suppose yeah uh, <laughs> what do you find that over time uh how you view pain and and how you view your body uh versus sort of like you know uh, weak versus strong. Have you had like a change of paradigm in that? Mm-hmm. And and I'll flesh it out by being saying like, when I first got injured, I was like, I'm the football guy and I'm invincible. And yeah. then sort of a year later after trying to plow through it, you can't plow through backs. right? <laughs> I was like, I am now mm-hmm. a, 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 a flower in the wind about to break at the slightest gust. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and that's like for me, that was the hardest, the hardest transition to come back from was when, cause how it re, how I re broke it was I was Olympic lifting with my brother. Cause we, we, he's a trainer and we were doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know I had pre existing breaks and fractures in my spine and that a big portion of my low spine had no discs left. I had no idea. So there's disc fragments floating around in there. Like no wonder I was in so much agony, right? So it was after lifting. Um, And it was a really heavy, good deadlift, like so good. And we had a really good workout, my brother and I. And then I go home and I'm walking up the stairs in my apartment and I fall down. I can't feel my legs. And I'd been dealing with hip pain for a bit. So so I thought it was my hips. So we were rolling them out like crazy. Every time we'd work out, we'd roll out my hips, my back, everything. And my legs gave out. And I was like, oh, shit. Like I can't feel them. And then I started feeling the tangle come back. So something got pinched and I dropped. And so then the feeling started to come back. I don't know if it was the way I was laying on the stairs or what, um, but then I could move. So then I finally was motivated to go to the doctor. Right. But <laughs> at that point. Exactly. At that <laughs> point. So that, you can, that tells you how like, switched on I was back then with, my, with like, taking care of business. <laughs> right. But when I, I'd always had pain. Right. So Mm. it, it didn't, I couldn't imagine a time without pain, Mm. whether it be physical or emotional. Right. I've always had some kind of pain. So this, when it, when it happened though, I instantly felt like a, like a dandelion. Right. Right. Like a, a a wilting withering dandelion.
1: Do you think that you're in a good place now? Like sort of, are you in equilibrium or yeah, I find it sort of as a spectrum. Yeah,
0: it it is a spectrum. I I am in a much better place where Mm. I don't um, but I think I've detached from, by doing some spiritual practices, prayer, meditation, things like that, right. mostly meditation to a really nth degree, but prayer is always interwoven in that for me. Um, but doing that has allowed me to feel a little bit stronger. I don't feel like my body will hold up, but I know that I will hold up. Yeah. That's right? a
1: key distinction there, right? Yeah. Big time. Right. Yeah. And
0: that, but that transition didn't happen right away. That was like a well, if my body's weak, I'm weak. Yes,
1: right. I'm, and yeah, that's yeah. legit,
0: like yeah. logical, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm weaker, I must be weak. Uh, this is probably the end of my life.
1: Right. Yeah. As you know it. And it is to an extent. Big uh, time. I mean, like you got to be like that Phoenix from the ashes kind of re- yeah. rebirth kind of thing, which sounds a bit... But hokey, that's but that's but why, that's why that's what you, you what
0: said you about the, psych- the psychological game, that's why it's so important.
1: Yeah. Yes, I do feel like I'm robust psychologically. Yeah. Not that I wasn't before, but now I'm like, oh, you know, I could... I could become a paraplegic and be mm-hmm. just fine. Because yeah. that would be my lot in life. It's bad luck, but I would be able to eat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no problem. Yeah, Just plow right through it. The uh, the what, then Tell me if this is a similar scenario to you. Because uh, I was, like, again, like, you know, I'm invincible, I'm young dude, I'm just going to plow through this. Uh, and that did not work at all. Mm-hmm. It just got totally... Terrible idea. <laughs> totally destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lesson in and of itself. Of course. And one of the things I found was that I went, I went from, if there's a spectrum, you know, from high to low, I went from, I'm completely invincible, uh, taking on the world to the complete polar opposite where mm. I thought I am a, a fragile person now. And so I yeah. would not do things because I thought, mm. well, it's not even worth the risk. Or, you know, I, I just went yeah. off the rails uh, and I never really realized that it all, it objectively in my brain made sense. Cause I was like, mm. you know, I've got this back injury. I can't sit, you know, yep. I, if I, if I have any pain at all, then that means I'm actually injuring myself like mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't make that distinction between like yeah. there's pain and then there's an injury and yeah. there's a delineation between that those two things uh and eventually one day i got uh, a, a friend sent me a video of a navy seal a YouTube clip, you know, who is mm-hmm. like, you know, just exactly what you imagine, just like, you know, like a real badass dude, yeah, uh, and someone I would look up to, just you know, object, like just for no reason yeah. other than he's in the field. and uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, I was in Iraq in two thousand six or three or whatever the year was, mm-hmm. and uh, I got shot fourteen times, and you know, like all at once, and. Um, i spent three months in hospital but then i thought you know i want to go back to iraq really bad so he I just he just like rehabbed even though he wasn't supposed to mm. essentially and went back with a colostomy bag and like and just a real like a mountain of a man essentially yeah right? no doubt and uh, and when one of the parts was he gotten shot through to the stomach and it went into his vertebrae like his l4 l5 something like that and there was actually bullet <laughs> lodged in there yeah. and i and that guy went back to iraq and was like in a Combat like setting, and I was—I don't even know how that's possible, but yeah. uh, I, I believe him. And I thought, oh, I just for whatever reason that hit me in a weird way, and I mm-hmm. thought, oh, I've—I've—I've I've, I've made this choice to be a dandelion, mm-hmm. like a victim almost, you know, and I have a choice to be also like the football guy who's like oh, I'm invincible, yeah. but maybe there's a happy medium in between those two, the and and just doing that, I was like, oh. I want to, f- and, and and the best part about that story is that he, uh, over a long period of time, and I, I wish I knew his name, I'd, I'd reference it. I forget, but like the bullet, like over like a ten-year period of time, had migrated out of his spine and moved all the way to his stomach, and he like cut it out at like a barbecue or something, you know, like that kind of a guy, right? It's pretty, pretty sweet story. Um, but I That's thought, a great story. If, if that guy can yeah. have a bullet move out of his spine because he didn't want to touch it because it's too close to yeah. his uh, spinal cord, if that guy can have a like a fully a full career essentially yeah. with a bullet in his spine and it can move around, like I can also have an adaptation. and of course there's a little hope there but but the biggest insight was that i now i'm right dead center in the middle and i actually watched that i'm like am i being a wuss here or am i being like too cautious like i need to have the i need i need to need to if you don't use it you lose it right so i need to be able to force my body through things and stuff and just that mindset shift has has really dramatically improved my Mm -hmm. quality of life not pain but just my ability to go you know what it's worth it to go out for dinner tonight and i'm going to sit in that crappy chair for two hours because it's worth it to me and the pain Mm. means nothing perfect and of course i'm not like skydiving (laughs) because there's a healthy balance but that was a big insight for me and that just came out of a Mm -hmm. random video buddy sent me
0: that's super healthy insight find the middle yeah
1: it's virtue theory like aristotle right you got to find the uh the the middle ground on any topic uh there's it's it's always a moving target and it's Mm -hmm. never it's never an objective fixed point the flag is always moving uh but you know to be too polite or too you know not polite like you gotta find that middle perfect sort of ground yeah uh and so i I essentially apply that in that context
0: dude is there anything else i I don't want to end our conversation first of all because uh, yeah, I have, I don't know. I'm enjoying it, so... Yeah. Uh,
1: no, that's it, man. That, yeah. I, I just had to get that out there. I, I hope there's at least one person that finds one of those four things useful. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was massive game changer. Yeah. Uh, the most the only thing I can say is that my situation... I mean, I've gotten better in the last two or three months mm-hmm. significantly, which we sort yeah. mentioned before, uh, but still in, in the woods. Uh, but uh, before that, when I sort of collected these four sort of mm. insights, um, my situation was stagnant. So my physical scenario was the same but my quality of life improved just Mm -hmm. from those concepts so that i thought that was a really good test or like a like a baseline it's like a a, a proof a proof of uh, of utility in that my life was better yet my back was the exact same mm-hmm. and i thought that's a good insight so exactly what whatever your scenario like. is yeah. uh i've had a few people that i've chatted with that are have much worse scenarios than me with sort of like chronic disease mm-hmm. things like that and i've given them those sort of four insights and they've had in their own words i would yeah. say like i don't want to yeah they've had improvement in sort mm-hmm. of quality of life outcomes so yeah. um I, I think i think there, if there's any if there's anyone that could leverage that uh yeah. fill your boots and it's not even my ideas i'm just you know being cool do you want now. us to
0: tag anything man like you're
1: uh, Yeah, no right. I, I don't create anything i'm just the you know the lowly police officer who's you know
0: yeah but you're a dude so i mean if you if people had questions for you is there oh a, yeah
1: yeah is there an email or yeah you could just send me like a personal email we could go from there i don't have a website like that uh, it's just fraser.waldron at gmail.com so that's f-r-a-s-e-r period waldron w-a-l-d-r-o-n at gmail.com um, cool. Maybe go from there. Yeah, I'm not big on. Are you
0: okay thing. if uh, Darcy puts that email on the? Bottom, oh yeah, hundred yeah?
1: percent. Yeah, and if anyone has questions or wants to contact me, feel free. Okay. Well, I'm always cool, man. Chat, as you yeah, can and
0: don't. We're not gonna give out his phone number, y'all, because we know what would happen at that point. So yeah. And seriously, if you're gonna send him an email, don't be a dick. Don't be dicks to him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should probably get on that uh, game, but uh, I'm I'm sort of. <coughs> in the police world you know so yeah
0: not not, not the same not the same idea no it's not eh? not at all thanks a lot man thank you i appreciate you coming on thank you for tuning in this week to the voices in recovery podcast please stay tuned every wednesday as we air another episode thank you for your time and please if you're in trouble reach out if you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedoms Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.